Hello, everyone. Welcome to Something Ominous. I'm Karina. And I'm your host, Jessica. And we are on the second episode. We hope you liked the first. Audio was a little laggy, but we're trying to get better for this episode. Did a little adjusting. Yeah, we got all the things working here. So we're gonna we're gonna keep up with it. Okay, so who is going first this time? Should I go first? Yeah, you can go first, Cutty, because I went first last time. Okay. I'll go first then. So today I'm gonna be talking about Hotel Monteleon. And before I start, I did look up the pronunciation. It's an Italian word. Correct pronunciation is Monteleone which I did not want to repeat like a hundred times today. So I'm going to say Hotel Montelion. I did call the hotel, by the way, just to make sure that was a correct pronunciation and that's how they pronounced it. So that's what we're going with. Hotel Montelion is located in one of the most haunted cities in America, which is New Orleans. Hotel Montelion is the oldest hotel built in New Orleans. It was built in 1886 and purchased by Antonio Montelion, who was an Italian immigrant that arrived to the U.S. in 1880. Antonio sold his shoe store back in Sicily and immigrated to the U.S. during the Gilded Age. When Antonio arrived, he owned a cobbler shop for six years until he heard of a 64-room hotel that was on sale. Antonio purchased a hotel known as Commercial Hotel and within two decades added another 330 rooms as well as renaming the hotel to Hotel Montelion. Now for the structure of Hotel Montelion. The hotel has a total of 570 rooms including 50 suites that offer a view of the French Quarter and the Mississippi River. It is the only high-rise building in the French Quarter. It is also a beau arts architecture style, which was very popular in the Gilded Age. It's defined by symmetry and just a lot of pillars, columns, balconies, and it's also defined by having a flat roof. The hotel is popular for its carousel bar and lounge, which was built in 1950. And I had to look up pictures because I was like, I could not understand what a carousel bar was i know what a carousel is but i'm like how is this a bar so basically it's i mean you know what a carousel looks like Mm -hmm. so it's a carousel and people are sitting around the carousel and it rotates every 15 minutes so it's just like a little i don't know just like a really fun bar yeah you definitely need to look up pictures because it's very old school and it's it's honestly really cool i really want to check it out oh that's so cute i just googled it It is so pretty. It is. Like, I really want to go. And it's very vintage is what I like. I like vintage. And I was reading, they still serve the first drink that they made there, like in 1950. It's called View Carré. It's the most famous cocktail. It's made up of like five liquors. It has cognac, benedictine, rye whiskey, sweet vermouth, angostura, and peixades bitters. I don't know what any of those things are, except for like whiskey. So I can't imagine what it tastes like, but I'm guessing it tastes strong as fuck. (laughs) Like you're going to get drunk. Like you're going to be dragged (laughs) out of there. By a ghost. So Hotel Montelion is famous for, of course, the carousel bar, but it's also famous for its haunted history. I'm going to first talk about the most famous ghost that resides in the hotel. His name is Maurice Berger. Maurice was a toddler who came to the hotel with his parents, Josephine and Jack, in the late 1800s. When his parents left him with his nanny to visit the French Opera House, Maurice developed a high fever. He ended up having a convulsion and died in his room on the 14th floor. Fun fact, the Hotel Montelion's 14th floor is technically the 13th. So back in the day, they were very superstitious and they would not name the 13th floor due to it being considered bad luck. So they thought that if they, you know, in the elevator, if they put the floor 13 on there, they would get bad karma or they would just have very bad luck with their business. Isn't there, there's also a superstition with that in 
Is it China? Yeah, Japan? China. China? Yeah, we visited China in 2019 and most of their... No, I would say all of their um, buildings didn't have a fourth floor because for them, the number four is also the same word for death. So they just didn't have the fourth floor at all. It would go from the third to the fifth floor. Oh, crap. I know. Yeah, I thought about that, too, whenever I read this. So his parents were, of course, distraught at losing their son. His mom vowed to return to the hotel every year after his death in hopes that his spirit would appear. It is said that after a few years, Maurice did appear to Josephine in the middle of the night. It's said that when she reached out to hold him, he said, Mommy, don't cry. I'm fine. And now guests on the 14th floor hear sounds of child laughter and a child running and laughing through the hallways. That's so sad. I know. It was like really sad, but then scary at the same time. I wouldn't be scared of a little boy running around. I think I would be. I think I would be scared of a child laughing running around. I think that's what creeps me out. You wouldn't yeah. like, you know, you don't picture that insidious laugh, you know, like, you know, that one scene. I never watched in insidious. OK, maybe that's why every time I think of a ghost kid laughing, I think of that one scene. If y'all watched insidious, you know what scene I'm talking Ooh, about. I think it's insidious, too. I'm going to have to play you the scene because it is it is um, traumatizing. So according to the Hotel Monteleone website, this was one encounter from a hotel guest named Phyllis Paulson. She says. I was just relaxing in bed one morning when I looked up to see a young boy about three years old walk by the foot of my bed. My husband had just left for a meeting, so I thought he may not have closed the door all the way. I immediately got up to see if the door was open and to check if a parent may have followed him into the room. It didn't take me long to realize that I had seen a ghost. In 2003, the International Society of Paranormal Research conducted a paranormal investigation at the hotel. Dr. Larry Montz led the investigation and discovered just how haunted the hotel is. Other ghosts included one named William Red Wildemere, who was an employee of the hotel and died of natural causes. He has been seen by two different clairvoyants at two different times in history. Another occurrence, which I actually thought was pretty funny, was that of a door that opens and closes. While Dr. Mons and his team investigated, there was an unexplained opening and closing of the door close to the main lobby. Mahler, who was part of the paranormal investigation, said that the mysterious door opening and closing was by the spirits of two former employees. One is a maintenance worker who prefers the door stay open, and the other is that of a spirit of a butler or waiter who wants a door closed. So pretty much it's just the opening and closing of the two employees fighting. And that's what's like scaring everybody <laughs> around them. So kind of like one of them still kind of working after death and the other one is just... Yeah, like one of them wants it open, one of them wants it closed, yeah. and they're just fighting in another life. <laughs> but most importantly, Mon said that it's a very haunted property, but the spirits are not evil or negative. They're quite friendly and enjoy being here. So next time you visit New Orleans, come into the Hotel Monteleone, grab a drink at the famous Carousel Bar, and make your way to the 14th, technically 13th floor, where the ghostly guests await. I want to go. That carousel looks really pretty. I really want to go to that bar. I don't know if I would go up to the 14th floor, though. I think, um, I think I'm good in the lobby area. Yeah, I, I don't think I would. I don't know. I feel that I'd be tempted to go, but when I came down to it, I'd chicken out. I also feel like with buildings like this, if you go looking for a spirit, you're not going to find it. Like, I feel like it happens when you're relaxed in bed, about to go to sleep and least expect it. Yeah, no, but yeah, it did make agree. me sad, though, with Maurice. Little three-year-old is so sad. All right, Jessica. So what case do you have today? So today we're going to go international. Ooh. 
We're going to be traveling to the city of Salvatierra in the state of Guanajuato, Mexico. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's so cool. Salvatierra is located in the valley of Huatzindeo, known as Valle de Huatzindeo, which means place of beautiful vegetation. The name was given by the Purepecha indigenous people who inhabited before the arrival of the Spaniards. Its rich history, beautiful civil and religious architecture, abundant bridges, haciendas, convents, and old mansions give Salvatierra its traditional atmosphere. In 2012, it joined the magical towns program known in Spanish as Programa Pueblos Magicos. The town has vice regal and porphyrian mansions still intact, making you feel like you've stepped into a portal traveling back in time. There's a famous legend in Salvatierra that there are a couple of tunnels connecting the temples of Salvatierra with each other as well as mansions and the Hacienda de San José del Carmen. Salvatierra has many temples and haciendas, but when the Spaniards migrated, they brought over Franciscans, friars, and Carmelites to establish a Catholic movement. Because they needed a place to live and provide their service, they started to build temples. The oldest temples of Salvatierra are Templo y Convento del Carmen, built in 1644, Templo de San Francisco y San Antonio, built in 1743, and Temple de las Capuchinas, built in 1770. Around 1660, the Hacienda San José del Carmen was sold to the Carmelites. So this was part of El Templo y Convento del Carmen. The tunnels were described to be so wide like the streets and large enough for someone to fit on horseback. Later, these tunnels were used by the Carmelites and Franciscans as an escape from the temples to the hacienda or mansions during the Reform War of Mexico. This is why it's rumored that like all the temples and tunnels connect to each other because the Carmelites, they owned San Jose del Carmen, like one of the biggest and it's one of the original haciendas. So now that we have some of the history down, let's get into the paranormal. There was talk about a girl around the 1970s. So this is pretty recent. She was a very beautiful girl who had a lot of suitors. Her beauty was known around town and even the richest in the city were trying to date her. She could not choose which would be the right man for her. Legend says that two men killed each other for her love. The mother of one of the dead visited the girl crying, asking if she even loved her son. She confessed to her that she didn't like him, that she didn't like any of the boys, that she only cared for one, and she only saw the boys like her friends, that her true love was a man who happened to be poor and would only visit her once a month. He worked in the railway and would only stop by Salvatierra when the train would pass through. The mother felt such rage knowing that her son died for the love of a woman who didn't love him back. And it's said that she hired a couple of witches to destroy her beauty and to never find love again. A couple of months passed and the young woman goes to the train station one day to meet her boyfriend. She waited and she waited. Passengers, workers and mechanics were getting off the train, but her boyfriend was nowhere to be found. A man approaches her as he's getting off the train. He was the only one that built courage to approach her and tell her that her boyfriend had fallen off the train hours ago and had died tragically. Heartbroken from the loss of her boyfriend, she falls into a deep depression for more than a year. Her parents called doctors and priests asking for help. She was suffering from anxiety and even had suicidal thoughts. Desperate to get their daughter help, they follow advice from some neighbors and they contact a healer. This was the worst decision of their life. The job that the healer did was counterproductive and changed their life forever. This is where the legend of La Endiablada starts. The following morning, she returned to be the cheerful young woman she was. What they did not know is that she carried the devil inside. 
She took advantage of how beautiful she was. She broke hundreds of hearts. And it's rumored that at night she would go out, attract young men, murder them in a cruel way, cutting off their heads and taking out their hearts. Damn. <laughs> so cruel. That escalated quickly. I know from one day to another. No one in Salvatierra knew who was committing these crimes. Everyone was scared and feared for their lives, but they say that if you ever witness her during the act, that you would also have a tragic death. Men would avoid going out at night out of fear that they will be the next victim. They say that around 40 men were found decapitated and without a heart when their body was found. That's crazy because you usually hear about men serial killers, you know, killing women. And this, this was a woman serial killer. And men were afraid yeah. to come out at night. Exactly. Like, I'm having trouble just like wrapping my head around that that's crazy when it's usually the women mm -hmm. that go through that i think it, it's probably like the decapitation and not having a heart one day the girl's mom goes into her room to do some cleaning and finds a pentagram drawing under her bed in her drawer she also finds a large wooden box with a horrible smell in the box were the missing hearts of the men that were murdered she rushes her daughter to the temples she tries all temples in town every single one turning her away because once her daughter was inside, she was acting strange. She would try to seduce the priest. <gasps> and, you know, priests being men, they couldn't resist. No. Yep. So they'd ask her parents to please remove her from their home. It wasn't until they went to Templo de San Francisco when more than 20 priests from Salvatierra met. They say the bishop was present in one of the exorcisms. The first who tried to perform the exorcisms were the Franciscans. One of them lost his life, and another fell victim to her beauty and seduction. You can only imagine what happened. Wow. During the five-day exorcism, the priest, one by one, withdrew from the place. Some even put on masks or took out their eyes to not see his face. Whose face? Really? Yeah. But she was in the room, but they say <laughs> his face. Ooh, I, I know. Some priests say they saw an angel, and others said it was the beautiful, in disguise, of Lucifer. <sighs> no one really knows what's true. There are mentions of the terrible scene and that the exorcism wasn't successful. It's rumored that since her body was fully possessed by the devil himself, with a little deception, two priests took her to a passageway that led to one of the tunnel's entrance. The tunnels from the beginning of the story. Mm -hmm. As soon as the priest got her in the tunnel, they blocked the entrance forever. With the help of construction workers, they were able to close off all tunnels entrances connecting to the temples, haciendas, and mansions. They also rumor that the priest involved never went out. That for many years, especially at night, you could hear screams and cries. Others say you can hear someone asking for help. They will also hear a heavenly voice speaking when they're on their way to church. And when they pray the Magnificat, the devil moves away. Oh my gosh. However, there are still those who at night hear the screams of the girl. Mm. And that's the story of La Diablada. That's so scary. And it was in the 1970s. Uh -huh. So that's so recent. Yeah. Like yesterday. Yeah. When you were talking about the tunnels... Um, it made me think of the streets in Guanajuato. You know how every street is like under a tunnel? Yeah. Well, there was also another story. I couldn't find like much about it. Mm -hmm. But apparently some say that they took her through the tunnels because they were trying to take her to Rome so they can perform an exorcism there. 
and that she was just never found. And then there's other stories that she's still seen around the tunnels eating rats. What? Like alive or like her ghost? They just say that she's seen. They don't like it didn't say it didn't specify if it was her alive or the ghost. But I did read a lot of the screams and there's no history on these tunnels. So it doesn't say like if she's alive or dead? No, no, nothing. There is another article that I read. It was a vlog. And they said that they heard about a woman coming into town from, I'm not sure where, but she was coming into town to Salvatierra so they could perform an exorcism and that people were lined up as if it was a parade. And she was in a van and that they can see her tied up in chains and screaming and that her face was going all crazy and twisting. And I'm thinking of like the exorcist. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know how true that is. Mm -hmm. And for people to say that they saw her going into the temple, but they never saw her get out and they never saw the priest coming out again. I feel like there is some truth to the story, but of course it's always dramatized a little bit. Like she could have just been taken in, but everything else was just... Maybe there was something wrong with her, mm -hmm. but I don't know how true the whole seducing and killing men, because I was searching. Mm -hmm. Murders in 1970, 1980s. Decapitated men. Yeah. Uh, body found without a heart. And plus, this is in Mexico. It was so hard for me to find information. Yeah. I'm Everybody like... would see your, like... <laughs> Google history. <laughs> I know. I was like, muertes en Salvatierra en el 1970. Mm. Oh my gosh. That's scary. I believe that from over there because that's just one. There is a lot stories more. stories over there. Yeah. So you know that Hacienda de, del Carmen, San Jose mm -hmm. del Carmen? So around the Reform War... This is one of the oldest. It was built in like the 17th century. So like early early 1600s. That's like the first Hacienda. And you can still go. It's still up. You can take a tour. They say that people have seen Franciscans walking around. They see their ghost. Mm -hmm. Others have said that they've seen the tunnels and that the tunnels are not blocked off. So I don't know. There's no history of the tunnels. And then they also say that you can feel cold spots inside the Hacienda. It's a little tone. There is a little music tone right now out there. Is it a little TV on? I don't know. There's a little music tone, like a music box. No? No, yes, if I will. Okay. Could have been a TV. I don't know about you, but I'm definitely scared. Me too. I heard that little music box. I know. I'm trying to say it's a TV. Oh. So that you can follow along and say, yeah, it probably is. And you're like, no, it's off. No, it's not. Because we're home alone. Yeah. Well, if you really like this podcast, please subscribe. Send us any recommendations to like our five listeners, please. Yeah. Send in some stories, all three of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I said five. You said three. I have more hope. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, we hope you tune in next week. Are you still hearing the music box? No. Okay. Said, we hope every time I'm thinking, what do I say? Oh, what? Every time you look at me like that, I feel like you just heard something <laughs> no. new. Bye, everyone. Bye. Don't forget to rate our podcast. Give us a five-star review. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>